Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Does the Bible Say About That? This is Reese, and in this episode, Will and I are going to discuss the topic of regeneration, uh, or what many people call being born again. Uh, we're going to dive into the, the Word to see um, you know, what the Word has to say about this topic. We're going we're gonna to hone in on John 3, the story of Nicodemus, and go to a few other places in the Bible that talk about regeneration. And we're also going to address some uh, common misconceptions about this. So hope you guys enjoy. Hope you guys have your Bible out and ready. And as always, feel free to send any comments or questions our way um, about this episode or about a future episode you want us to do. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, Will. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) It's going pretty good. I'm just uh, here ready to record a podcast. Um, Yes. Another remote podcast. Yep. Getting used used to remote seclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad we still get to do this. You know, thank the Lord for technology. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah have these fellowships so um so what are what are we talking about today you know you made me introduce you made me introduce the topic last time so i think you should introduce it and give us the intro this time okay well today we're talking about what the bible what does the bible say about um being born again or about about born again or uh, regeneration Um, yeah common topic in christian circles i think uh most people have heard about like born again christians um maybe regeneration you've heard of that word um so yeah we we thought it'd be good to hop into this topic see what the bible had to say about it is it biblical where do we see it what does it mean and everything else so yeah i'm excited nice so where i think yeah where do we go will where do you want to go first with this kind of topic Yeah, I think that brings us to John chapter 3. Yes. Um, And the reason that brings us to John chapter 3 is because it answers a question that I think is a pretty big misconception as far as what um, regeneration or being born again is not. Mm. Um, And so you come to this story at the beginning of John 3 where you have this guy named Nicodemus who is a Pharisee. He um, is probably one of the best people. Like if you could just outline a good, solid human being, it would probably be Nicodemus. Um, Mm. If he's a Pharisee, it means he's disciplined in his religion. Um, It means he's smart. He's capable. Um, He's a good, he's a good guy. Like you probably mm-hmm. couldn't find that many things wrong with Nicodemus. And so the yeah. reason it brings us to Nicodemus is because Jesus says something very specific to him. Um, he doesn't say yeah. it, you know, to the beggar on the side of the, of the road. He doesn't say it to um, the robber that's in prison. He says it to this really good guy. He says that Nicodemus yeah. needs to be born again. Yeah, it, actually, I want to I want to add a couple things there because it's really interesting, like what you can get from those first two verses in John three. Um, yeah, it says that he is a 
he's a Pharisee, which like you said, it's like, he's, he's religious. He's a, uh, he's even the sh- most strict when it comes to religion. Right. He's a ruler of the Jews. So he's like well-respected, well-renowned. Um, and then he also came by night to see the Lord who is probably half his age. And so right. he's a, a humble, he's a humble man too. And he calls him rabbi. So he acknowledges this young man, Jesus is a teacher. Um, and then he's seeking God. He's like, what, what do I need to do? Um, right. He, he's like, he's seeking teaching from God yeah. through Jesus. And so, I mean, yeah, he's a stellar seeking Jew who, I mean, yeah, it's the, this is the cream of the crop of the Jewish society. Cream of the crop. Yeah. That's and right. So it's yeah. fascinating that, that this is where Jesus first talks about being born again in these verses. Yeah, exactly. you can go ahead. Sorry, I, I kind of interrupted you. There. No, I think that was a good point. I mean, I, I do think it's important to see all of the right. I mean, all of the good characteristics that Nicodemus is. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, with all those immediately, we need to see that that he he hasn't he's not he's not really uh, what would be the answer? He wants to see the kingdom of God. And his mm-hmm. his natural good self um, isn't qualified, according to what Jesus tells him. Yeah, yeah, it's like Jesus is saying, "Hey, you have all these great things going for you, but let me just address this big problem that you didn't even know about." Yeah, exactly. And then Jesus says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God." And so it's like, I get, you know, with the sinner, like even in the next chapter, the woman at the well, she's, she's had five husbands. Yeah. She's right. She's an adulteress. Um, you think that's where Jesus would talk about being born anew, but no, it's with Nicodemus. Um, and so it's really telling, uh, you mentioned like what, uh, regeneration or what being born again is not, um, being born again is clearly not, uh, choosing to live a better life or choosing to live a life for God or uh, you know, these things, cause Nicodemus already had those things going for him. And Jesus is pointing out a deeper problem. You need to be born anew. You need to be born again. Um, it's like, why, what, what is born again even mean then? Like, why is this guy not proper? What's wrong with him? You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I actually, um, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I was thinking, um, you know, I like he's clearly not a big sinner. Um, yeah. So sin is not even the problem here. It's not saying, hey, you have broken the laws, so you need me to redeem you. You need me to um, save you from your sins, even. He's talking about a new birth. It's like, what does this new birth give us, I guess, is the question. Like, what it, what is... What is the problem with Nicodemus? And then why is this the solution? What exactly is being born again, I guess? Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good point. Um, because he really, he doesn't address sin. The Lord doesn't address sin with Nicodemus. Because I think typically, yeah. even for me, it's like when I, when I hear about these terms, being born again, being regenerated, um, I immediately think of the cross, you know, and... Right confessing my sins and you know I, I guess you could just keep going along those lines the blood of jesus uh, but he, yeah. he doesn't mention any of that here he mentions 
she needs to be reborn. Um, right. And I, and I guess just getting into that a little bit is, I, I mean, I think a good place to look would be Genesis. And you just, mm. you just see like, okay, let's find another, well, you know, Nicodemus wasn't at the, the stage that Adam was in, but Adam is not sinless when he's created. Right. Adam is sinless. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I meant he doesn't have. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So Fair. there Adam, we go. <laughs> yeah. So Adam's sinless, right? And and God puts him in front of two trees, which we've you know we've talked about this before, but um, mm. that just goes to show that even in in Adam's um, natural created self, he still is mm-hmm. lacking something. He's not complete. Uh, wow. And then that, and that, that the completion, which is what um, I guess we're we're kind of getting the answer to. I mean, really, we're getting answer to humanity, but we're getting the answer to why God put man in front of these two trees, which was mm. to give man his life. So being so being born again is not you know um, this list of all these good things that humanity can be in its natural self. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. it's actually something that man can't attain because it's 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 mm. just a new it's a new life and I think I mean don't you think yeah um, maybe just going on in John three would be the best way to prove that I was gonna say the same thing yeah like it I was thinking the exact same thing and and John three sixteen is like the verse of verses for Christians yeah um, like the goal is to receive eternal life. Um, but I think we, a lot of times we just strip that we, we, we rob that verse from its context and we immediately apply our religious concept of heaven to John three sixteen, Like he wants us to live forever, but no eternal life is not the state of living forever, though it does include that eternal life is something that we receive into us, um, and it, and it gives us a new birth. It's actually a life. Like just in the same way that Will, you and I, we both received the human life in our yeah. conception, right? Our father and mother's life like came together and it produced us and we received the human life. Right. Um, and so like John 3, 6, um, it's that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So we were born of the flesh of our parents' flesh. And the thing within us that was born of that is our flesh. Like our flesh was produced then. But when we are born again, we are born of the spirit in our spirit within. In that birth, we receive God's very life, his uh, own seed, you can say, um, so to where we now have the divine life, not just the human life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's exactly right. Hey, what, what is the, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of this verse also in Romans that basically says the same thing. Or is it Corinthians? He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. I think that's in first Corinthians six. Uh, it's verse 17. There. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry. So, so just kind of re- right. reinforcing that point. It's like we're, we're receiving something and becoming one with God. We're just receiving his life. Right. And it's huge. It's like to realize we have God's life dwelling within us to be born again is to have God's life in us. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm thinking of this verse in first Peter. Um, this is actually where we get the word regeneration from. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, 
first Peter one twenty three, talking about the believers says, having been regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the living and abiding word of God. And so um, we literally have received God's seed. The, the Greek word there, it's like, it's something around, it's like sperma. It's where we get the word sperm from. And so it's like God's very seed, his very life, what is in God was imparted into us. And that is what regenerated us. It's what uh, regenerate, like generate is to produce life, like a generator. Yeah. Like it's producing this power, this life. So we were born again, regenerated um, to receive the life of God in addition to our human life. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think this is, yeah, it's huge to realize this because I think a lot of people think, oh gosh, um, you know, it was at this one point where I just decided to turn my life around and I started really, you know, loving people and doing good things and um, reading my Bible um, and going to church. Um, None of these things are regeneration. None of these things are being born again. Born again is the act of receiving God's life into you to beget you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess along, along those lines, um, I think there's, there's also like maybe a slight, well, for me, there's a slight misconception and maybe this is, um, I can, I can apply this generally to most Christians is thinking that, you know, redemption and regeneration are basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, did you ever have those thoughts? That's like. I don't know, like the like I kind of what I mentioned earlier, like the cross, the blood of Jesus, like that just automatically equaled regeneration. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I I think those two are definitely associated in like a lot of people's minds. I think they they are somewhat related. But yeah, what's like the what would you say is like the difference or the um, yeah? What's your thought here? I guess. Yeah. So I think a good verse would be. I mean, it's still in John 3, John 3, 5. Um, mm. And this is what, yeah. Okay, so John 3, 5 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Um, mm. And so the water here, just looking kind of in hindsight to John chapter 2 with John the Baptist, right? Is that that's John chapter 2? I think it's chapter 1. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay, so John chapter 1, you have John the Baptist's baptism, which if you just look at the whole context of it, the Pharisees would have been present, meaning Nicodemus would have been there and understood this um, phrase that Jesus is saying, being born of water. And looking right. into it, John the Baptist's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Um, you can also right. see that in Acts 18 um, with, with Apollos' Right. Uh, misconception of kind of basically how Apollos was kind of bringing the good news and preaching the gospel. Um, all he knew was John's baptism. And then he got corrected by some of the apostles and the, the people that he had preached to needed to get basically rebaptized with the Holy Spirit. And so, right. Um, 
And so, sorry, so this water um, is, is um, emphasizing redemption, meaning like when we want to get redeemed, we need to confess our sins, which means like we realize we're good for nothing. We realize we're only good for burial. That's what John's baptism is. Uh, That's and right. so what that does, and when I get, that has to do with like the blood of Jesus, the cross, all of that is for our redemption. And, and once yeah. we're redeemed, yeah. then in a sense, it's like we're back in this state of being um, before the tree of life. Like we're in God's mm -hmm. eyes, we're sinless because the blood covers yeah. all of our sins. And we've confessed and we, you know, have had this enlightenment where we realize, wow, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the big sinners club. I'm, I'm destined for, hmm. you know, eternal perdition. Um, right. And then through that through that moment of confessing our sins and then we believe in our heart that Jesus is who he said he was, then we receive the life of God. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's actually really helpful. Uh, I mean, obviously these two things, we can't really like separate them in our experience because yeah. they tend to happen simultaneously, but it's really important. I think to, to do what you just said, like to distinguish them because redemption, um, or the ability to be redeemed comes from Christ dying on the cross for our sins. Yeah. Um, right. He's obtained an eternal redemption in Hebrews through his death. Um, but it's, it's only by our being regenerated that that can then be applied to us. Um, and the way to be regenerated is in that verse, like you said, in John three, five, it's to be born of water and the spirit, which born of water, like you said, it's to repent and to turn away from our old self, but not just that action. It's not just saying, I'm going to do better. I'm done with my old life. Here's my new life. It is to repent and then to receive the spirit, the life of right. God to be born again. Um, and then, yeah. And then that's like, that's what it actually means to truly be a Christian It's to receive Christ's life. Um, so it's not just intellectual belief. It's not just saying, yes, what happened on the cross is true. Um, you know, these things are my religion. Um, it requires our receiving this life. And the life only ever comes in if we repent, if we turn from our old life and then open to receive it. Um, which I think it, that's mentioned explicitly in John 1. It's John 1, 12. Yeah. It says, as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become children of God to those who believe into his name. So believing and receiving are, um, you could say they're in opposition to each other. Uh, believing is receiving, receiving is believing. And so if your believing didn't result in a receiving of this life, then maybe it was just a intellectual acknowledgement, but it wasn't actually a, a turn and, and a like, here, this is mine now, I receive this. Like I take your life, God, turn away from my own. I'm good for nothing. Give me, you know, your life. Give me eternal right. life. Thank you, Lord. You know? Um, yeah. I think that's really important to, to like distinguish those. Um, and I, I don't know. I think also just really briefly, you know, John three, five can sometimes trouble people born of water. So I'm really glad you brought that up, that it's John's baptism. Cause you know, the Catholics believe that um, you're regenerated when you're baptized yeah. And so, um, and that's actually why they baptize infants. You know, we don't want 
uh, our children to go to hell if there's a, you know, a uh, death and a premature death. And so they'll do that thinking like that act of baptizing, baptizing is regeneration. Um, and, and so what you said, it really helps clarify this born of water is not to just be baptized in, in water physically. Um, baptism is an acknowledgement of what's already happened in you. And so, you know, even being baptized with John's baptism, they needed to be baptized again in Acts. Um, it's believing and then receive, uh, being baptized from Mark 16, 16. Um, Acts 10, it says the same thing. They received the Holy Spirit. And so then they were baptized in Cornelius' house. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's just a, a misconception. Uh, and that's spawned this huge system of theology that's just so whack. Like, we have to believe before we're baptized. Baptism doesn't make us children of God it affirms that we've been made children of God right. um, already within. Yeah. I, I think though, maybe, I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit more about like becoming children of God? Like what, what are your thoughts there? Cause I think, I know we talked about that a good amount. Um, what are your thoughts? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as, cause yeah, that's the verse you mentioned is John 1 12, which is we have right to become the children mm-hmm. of God. Um, and so then looking yeah. at what all that includes, uh, I mean, we, you know, we would need so much time to talk about that. Probably, a, probably a whole series, <laughs> yeah. multiple series. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess just getting into it a little bit is kind of realizing what it means. Okay. So on the one hand, Jesus is known as the only begotten son, Right. Um, right. And he is the only begotten son in the sense of the Godhead, in the sense of um, being something mm-hmm. we worship. Um, right. But then on the other hand, it also says he's the firstborn. Right. The Bible says he's the firstborn. Right. Um, and he and, and there's a point after his resurrection where he actually tells Mary to go to his brothers. Um Right. So implying that, okay, on the one hand, yes, in the Godhead, Jesus is the only begotten son. He mm-hmm. is, yeah, okay, so that's clear. On the other hand, though, he is, in a way, he's our big brother. He was the, he was the first um, human to also possess the life of God, which is, which is what it means to be a son of God. You have we right. are the possessors, the containers um, of God. And so we, we do have God in us. I mean, it's not, it, yeah. So I guess it's not just that he is in us, but he's actually a part of us. It's like his seed is in us. You can't, you can't like separate it. Right. Right. And it, and it, and yeah. I mean, in a way that goes on to the, you know, the question of, can you lose your salvation? It's like, you can't lose your sonship. From, you know, from being a son of God when his yeah. life is in you. It's in a way I was actually thinking of the prodigal son. It's like, you know, the prodigal son got all of his inheritance and what it means. And, and in a way, it's like when we're when we're the sons of God, there is a abundance of inheritance yeah. that we are qualified for um, accessing as a whole right. thing. But, you know, like the prodigal son. So he has this inheritance. He runs off. But him running off and eating, you know, out of a pig's trough or whatever, 
doesn't disqualify him from being uh-huh. the son. He's still a son. And when he comes back, the father fully, you know, mm-hmm. welcomes him. And sorry, not to get on a tangent, but the point being is no matter what we do, where we go, we are a son of God. And there's this abundance of inheritance that we can access. Um, Amen. Yeah. What, sorry. What, 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 what else were you thinking along those lines? Yeah, no, I really like what you said there. Like, especially bringing up the firstborn part. Um, I think, you know, a lot of Christians and myself included, I've had this concept of, you know, I'm now an adopted child of God. It's as if God has included us in his family in a like legal way. Um, But we don't really think of it as an organic matter or something that's like actually true um, in our person, in our nature, in who we are. We just think it's like a title. It's a good, it's a cool thing to talk about, but it's not really real in that sense. Um, like we're not, I'm not a child of God in the same way that I'm a child of my father, like in right. Dallas, Texas. Um, but the Bible, it, if anything, it, it's stronger. Like we are more a child of God than I am of yeah. you know, my father right. in Texas. Um and exactly what you said, like his seed is literally in us and we are now children of God. And that next verse in verse 13 of John one, it says, begotten, not of the will of man, begotten, not of flesh and blood, but begotten of God, like literally birthed of God. Um, and so it's not just in name, like we literally have God's life. John three sixteen says that Ephesians four says that, and we literally have God's very nature within us. Second Peter one, four says we're partakers of the divine nature. Um, it's amazing. And it's not, I mean, it, this is in the Bible. So we should claim this and rejoice yeah, right. in this. Um, like you, you know, you're saying we're not sons like, like Jesus is in the Godhead is true. And, and to be clear, like, um, you know, we are not like this or um, of God's, like people or kind in the sense that we'll be objects of worship. Um, Definitely. That's a, that's um, heretical Uh, Matthew four, right. It says you should not have another God Um, acts 14, I believe Paul and uh, Barnabas, maybe one of them um, they were being worshiped and they refused that. They said, no, 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 we're just men. Um, So we should never view ourselves as becoming objects of worship. But that doesn't detract from the fact that we are we are literally children of God to enjoy his nature, enjoy his life, to be made fully, um, you know, full grown children. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just like this is a common thing in church history, like all people in church history from, you know, Augustine to Luther and Calvin up to like C.S. Lewis believed in this. They called it deification that we um we become God in the sense of having his life in nature. We, uh, we literally become divine, but we're not made gods in the sense of objects of worship. Um, and so regeneration actually is what brings us to become this, these divine people, people who literally have God at wrought into our being um, so that we are matching him and so that we can live actually like divine lives lives just like jesus lived yeah. on the earth um so yeah sorry i've gone off a big tangent there but it, this is just such a cool reality 
that we need to experience and enter into. Like the Christian life is not just intellectual belief and affirming the things the historical Jesus did. It is our receiving the divine life into us, begetting us, and then growing in that life until we're mature children of God, um, shining forth who God is to the world. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I'm like a little beside myself right now. It's, I'm just so happy with this. <laughs> just no, talking about yeah, this. for sure. I mean, I think, I think it would actually be yeah. a super interesting topic moving forward to get into, you know, what it means now to that we're children of God, to be able to, you know, access all that we inherit, um, enjoy what that mm. means presently, you know, so there is a future hope. Um, but right. it also means that, you know, currently in a sense where we have the abundance of the father, um, mm. that, that can be experienced yeah. today. So, yeah, I think that would be good, like a future topic. We should probably wrap up this episode. I mean, we're like at 30 minutes-ish yeah. right now, but um, yeah, there's clearly a lot more yeah. to talk about here. We'll have to talk later and figure out the best way to sure. get into it all. The Bible is rich. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Glad. Well, um, Ed, do you have like a specific topic for next week, Mr. Bailey? I know you hate me. I do. Asking I do hate you asking this, that. But put you on the um, spot here. No, I, I don't have one yet. <laughs> but but yeah okay we'll talk we'll figure one out okay well i've enjoyed this glad we got to do it again let's keep doing it for sure